Welcome to Anabaptist Mom Talk. My name is Christy, and I am a believer in Jesus, walking out my Christian life within the Anabaptist culture. And I always have lots of thoughts swirling in my head. So let's get to it. We have seven children, and just saying that is bonkers to me. I never expected to have seven children. But God writes a story much better than we ever could write. And so thought today I would share parts of that story for people who are interested in hearing about our journey with foster care and adoption. It actually started in 2013 when we had a miscarriage of our third child. And we were already in the process of seeing a specialist because we had it had been over a year of not being able to get pregnant and we're kind of just confused like what's going on why you know we had two healthy pregnancies and now suddenly we can't get pregnant anyways we ended up having this miscarriage in february of 2013 and i was absolutely devastated i remember just it was a very dark time lots of tears and questions. I remember being so frustrated with God and asking him, why did you give me a desire for more children if you're not going to give them to us? Like, take the desire away. I just remember asking him to take the desires away. It would just be easier to not want something than to long for something and not have it. Which, looking back now, I realize that's a very unhealthy, that's a very unhealthy mindset. Um, but it's also very human. Like it's also very understandable. We don't like to to feel pain. We don't like to have to struggle through the questions and the unknowns and the unmet desires are really hard. But God was working in a way that I could not see or did not know. And he always has a plan and his ways are not always our ways, but they are better. And so here we are, crazy story. Here we are, seven kids. And um, I remember after the baby, after the miscarriage, at one point, crying a couple months later, and I told God, do not, do not let my baby's death be in vain. I want this death to change me. I want my baby's life to change me. I want this life to have mattered. And God honored that prayer because my baby's life and death did change me. One of the best things that happened from that experience was a new relationship with Christ, a more intimate relationship with Christ than I never had before. And I just am so thankful that the Lord allowed that to happen. And so I'm thankful for the death of my baby because without that, I would not know Christ the way I know him now. And I know that I will see my baby in heaven. And so it is only by God's grace that you can ever thank him for death because he is the one who can bring life from death. He, he is the life giver. The enemy comes to kill, still, steal, and destroy. But Jesus comes to give us life and to give it to us abundantly. And so I have been on a journey since 2013 of discovering the abundant life in Christ, despite the difficulties that we have here on earth. Jesus says, you will have trials. You will have hard times. Like, I'm telling you, think, do this. I'm telling you this to prepare you. Like, you will have hard times, but 
take heart. I have overcome the world. And so it's so encouraging um, as we keep turning our eyes to Jesus that knowing he's got it, he knows the end, and in the end, he wins. You read Revelations and Jesus wins. So it's exciting. It's exciting to be part of God's kingdom and to be part of the story that he is writing. And so we had the miscarriage in February of 2013 and went on. I went on a tailspin for the next six months to a year. I would call it just my dark, my year of sorrow the entire year. But during that process, uh, my husband and I had always thought someday we would like to do foster care. And through all of this, I was like, let's do it now. And I started pushing for this to happen now. And um, I remember a friend, this is the kisses, you know, the, the what is worse, the um, words from a friend that are hurtful, but true, or kisses from an enemy, right? And so my friend was so brave and she spoke to me about me forcing God's hand to grow my family. And it really um, spoke to me. I remember just crying out to God, coming to his feet and just being like, I don't want this to be true. I remember coming and praying and just offering up her words to him and saying, is this true? Because if this is true, help me, forgive me, guide me. But if it's not true, help me to forgive her. And God is so kind. He, yeah, it was true. I was trying to force something that was not the way it should be. And so I took a complete step back and apologized to my husband. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to trust that if this is what the Lord has for us, he'll he'll show you and you'll have peace about it too. So we did, we took time. And I remember one week we were praying and fasting about it. And my husband came home from work and he said, as he was fasting, like he clearly heard from the Lord to take the August classes, which is um, the foster care classes. You have to, you have to take classes before you can become a foster parent. And they only, back when we were doing it, they were running like every other month. Anyways, long story short, it was like we were, he heard that we were supposed to take August classes, which meant like the that very next day I called and signed us up because we were in, I think it was July. It was, we had just kind of squeaked ourselves into the August classes. And so right there, we can always go back to that. And that's what I'm thankful for. Like when things are hard, we've had moments along this journey where it's like, we never doubt. We never doubt that these children are supposed to be part of our family. Have we had doubts about our ability to care for them? Yes, a hundred times, all the time. (laughs) But I have never doubted that they're supposed to be here. Have I questioned God and like, does he know what he's doing? Yes, I've asked him if he really knew what he was doing. We ended up doing the classes and I kid you not, it was after the first class we were driving home and we both just kind of felt like a little bit of shell shock maybe. And I remember having this conversation with him driving home from that class, and we both felt very clearly, this is not about us growing our family. This is about loving the moms who are hurting, because there's a reason why these women are not able to take care of their children. And there's a reason they have a story for why they are where they're at. And God just laid it on our hearts to really care about them and to know that really this is like kingdom building building relationships with them is really what our goal needs to be and not to be afraid of them so we finished classes we did all the things and we got approved and that was november and then crickets like nothing 
And I was just like, did they forget about us? Like, why haven't we got a phone call? And we had told them that we would take um, any any race or any gender, but it would have to be three or under because we didn't want to mess up our birth order. Um, we wanted it to feel like more of a normal transition to having a child come into the home. So it would have to be somebody younger than our children. So we just, we weren't getting a call, weren't getting a call. And finally, February 2014, almost exactly a year after my miscarriage, we got a call about a baby boy, seven days old, in the hospital who needed a home. And I just bawled. I just cried and cried and cried. I just felt like this was more than I expected. Like, I never, I never expected to get a newborn. We brought him home at 10 days old and I would show him to people and I would tell people he was a balm to my broken heart. Like my arms ached for a child, you know, coming off that miscarriage. And so that first year from 2013 to 2014, I call that my year of sorrow. And then the, the next year of Joshua coming home, 2014 to 2015, it was a year of healing for me. But it was also a lot of growth um, because I loved him. I fell in love with him instantly, you know. But soon after we got him, we were told that there was kinship who would probably be approved to take him because they were stable. And I was crushed. Um, I knew this was about the children being reconciled with their parents. But it's really hard to think about them leaving you to go to a family member. It's one thing to give the child back to their mother. It's another thing to give the child back to a aunt or uncle or something. Emotionally, I started detaching myself from Joshua because I was like, he's leaving. Like, why am I falling in love with him? And so I took care of him, but I was not letting myself love him. And one day as I was um, doing my Bible reading and praying, I clearly felt the Lord convicting me of sin. Like, he showed me that I was sinning. Like, I was withholding my love from Joshua because it might hurt me. And ultimately, we love our children or we love anybody because Jesus loved us. And so I was sinning against God by not loving this child that he brought to me to love. And that was my call, like all my children, my biological children, my foster, my adopted. My call is to love them because Jesus loved me. And I was not doing that because I didn't want to get hurt. Wow, that was a time that I just cried all over again. <laughs> and I'm laying on my bed and just being like, okay, Lord, I'm opening my hand to you. And I'm really scared to, to get hurt again, to lose another baby, but I'm going to trust you. And that was, that was definitely a growing experience in that sense. And again, having, um, you know, nine months later when they said, oh, we think we're going to reunify him with his mom. Tears all over again. So hard. Crying, sobbing. Don't want to lose my baby. Knowing that he needs to go back to her because he's her baby. Um, and then at the same time, I remember thinking, one of us is going to have our heart broken. It's either going to be me or his biological mom. And I am a Christian and she is not. And I have the support of the comfort of Jesus. And she does not. And so who out of the two of us is more likely going to survive the heartache of losing a child? And it would be me. And so it was like, Lord, I understand that I am the one who 
needs to relinquish this child. And he just gave me so much peace about releasing Joshua, even though it broke my heart. Like I didn't want him to leave. Um, and so I remember just again, laying on my bed and physically opening my hand and just saying, Lord, he's yours. He is your child. You love him more than I do and you will keep him safe. And if that means returning to his biological mom, then do it like, and give me the strength to walk through it. And that happened three times during our time with Joshua. And every time something bizarre would come up that he could not return to her until we ended up being able to adopt him. And the beautiful thing about his adoption and actually with all of our children is his birth mom came to us before the adoption day and was just like, if I can't have him, I want you to have him. Like, I want him to stay in your family. Um, And so I'm so thankful for that, that all of my children have that, that I can tell them, like, we are the people that if your parents had to choose, they would have chose us to raise you. And so that's such a gift. And um, we still try to stay in contact with the birth moms as much as they are able to. And I think I'll probably do a whole another episode on relationships with biological parents. This is getting pretty lengthy, longer than I expected it to. So I guess I'll just do part one, part two, part three, maybe part four, I don't know, of adoption story. And I'm going to turn it off for now um, or just stop with Joshua because then things get really crazy um, in the next season of foster care. 